And what's going on, guys? And welcome to the Benches Cleared Podcast, where we cover the best rivalry in all of sports. I am Jesse Gutierrez. I represent the side of the San Francisco Giants, who are currently 2-4. and four, But as you can see right here, they're coming back for the win. I might sound stupid by the end of this podcast, because hopefully it stays that way. And I'm Tyler Coe, representing the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have now gone 3-3 three and three since we've last congregated together a disappointing three and three it's just a tale of uh two different teams i guess if we won three and three i'd be like yeah we're we're staying up there we're, we're ready to go and you're like depressed look like you're about to kill yourself right now yeah yeah that's that's pretty much it when i have to argue with people on twitter about austin barnes going four for 26 and has a 406 ops and people think he's great i don't i don't know i don't get it just put me out of my misery. Yeah, that's what happens, I guess. Yeah, so the Dodgers have gone 3-3 three and three this past week. If you watch the recap after the Giants series, you know, I'm going to basically just echo what I said there. We were underperforming in every single aspect of the game. You know, our guys who are supposed to be our, our hitters who we can count on are not hitting. Max Muncy looks lost. Cody Bellinger looks lost everyone just looks completely lost. So it's, it's super frustrating. Um, you know, hopefully we can salvage the series with the Padres and get a split and head on into Anaheim after that, I believe, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm just frustrated right now. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Giants had the series. It, it was over. Don't understand why Gossman was taken out uh, as we switch over to, to our side and our view of it. Um, I don't understand Kapler with this whole starters can't go through the third time in the order. I, I get I get it that it's more likely for them to to fail than the first or second time through the order. But right now, with how the bullpen is so overworked, I think that little bit higher ERA for the starters, especially if they're cruising, like watch the game. You know what I'm saying? Like if the guy is cruising and gives up a little single, let him in. Like for instance, Johnny Cueto leaving him in. Some people. We're giving Kapler shit. Why did he leave him? And at the time, he really didn't give up a hit yet. I mean, yeah. I could tell it was in no, his you, head, but you got you definitely you got to give him that chance, man. Yeah, the I mean, just from a, a baseball perspective, the pitchers are on way too short of a leash for you guys. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's ridiculous, and all these analytic guys are just like, oh no, that's what it is. But it's like, bro, watch the game. Just watch the game, and his shit isn't isn't dipping. He still looks good. Like, leave the dude in, please. Because our – I mean, starters have – we have the um, lowest starting pitching innings pitched in all of baseball, not because the starting rotation can't handle it. It's because Kapler is freaking so trigger-happy and such a short leash. It's it's just not there. And, yeah. you know, one, one thing I do want to um, <clears throat> applaud Kapler on – one thing to look uh, uh, as positive light, he's actually managed this. That's game. Sit the fuck down, Astros, you bitches. Uh, so actually representing the Giants who are three and four. One thing that Gabe Kapler is doing right is his construction of the, the lineup every day. He's done a better job than Bruce Bochy did last year with constructing the lineup, not leaving the veterans in, even though they're struggling, letting them take days off and putting in the guys that are hot. So I do want to applaud him on that. I, I don't want to be 
super negative Kapler guy. I hate everything he does. But just the starting issue is is ridiculous. He's leaving the bullpen guys up to fail, which I think we have a good bullpen, even though it doesn't look like it. I mean, you can see Tyler Rogers shit looked really good today. Tyler Rogers shit did not look good because he's fucking tired. And his yeah. ERA from before, he was not getting hit hard. They were just shifting on him, and little bloopers were getting through holes. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, like, you know, his his ERA is going to come back down to earth. But it, when he's overworked, yeah, I mean, it is. But, like, the that inning um, that he blew up with the Dodgers were the, the two hits that he's – the two hard-hit balls he's given up this whole year. Okay, yeah. that home run from Pollock and, and the, um, was a, a single to Turner, I think? You remember? Dude, correct? at this point, I am – I'm so upset I can't remember anything. <laughs> well, that it, it is what it is. Um, we are gonna um, jump into before before we get into the, uh, the the interview we have for you guys today. We're gonna jump into a little issue that happened in Oakland. Um, Lariano gets hit twice by the same guy uh, in different days. The day before he got hit by Cassiano, and the next day he got hit by someone else, and then Cassiano again. Um, Talks a little shit to him, not like being a tough guy. He's just like, hey, dude, break your shit, okay? I'm sick of getting hit by freaking pitches. Break it, okay? Because it's hitting me, and yeah, it's 87. It doesn't hurt as much as 99, but it still hurts. Yeah. It just still so, fits you off for the season. Yeah. And it's like, he that, that's what he was saying. He wasn't being a tough guy. The Maldonado had to get in his face. And then that fucking coach, Alex C., that's what we're going to go for. Alex C. Alex bitch. Alex, bitch ass bitch, dude. Like, did you see? Like, he was like, "Come on, come on, come on!" And then when Lariano started running at him, he was like, "Oh shit, y- y- y'all got this, right?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, protect me, please. And suspensions came down. He did get a longer uh, suspension than Lariano, I think, because he's a coach. So I mean, a five game suspension from from a hitting coach is not that big of a deal. Um, but he, Lariano, did get a less suspension than Joe Kelly, which is kind of weird. But at the same time, Lariano's an everyday player. Still don't agree with it, but that's – I'm thinking where the uh, the thinking is. I don't know. I think – I mean, Lariano technically shouldn't even I, – I, uh, I don't want to say he shouldn't have got uh, a suspension at all. Like, in my head, he shouldn't have, but I get it. Quarantine times, he did make the action of running at him, so he has to have a suspension. There's right. no way he can get around that. And, that. and that's the only thing that warrants a suspension is due to COVID-19 and the social distancing. But again – with that notion, why weren't any Astros players suspended? Why yeah. wasn't Carlos Correa suspended for crossing over into the Dodger side, going towards the Dodger dugout? He's the one that brought everyone together. It, it, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. And for the hitting coach to get 20 games, that seems pretty stiff to me. And I'm not going to yeah. be on the Astros side of anything or defend anyone. But, I mean, it really – is bringing to light. It just seems like Rob Manfred is just making things up as he goes along. Like Liriano yeah. gets less than Joe Kelly. And then the hitting coach gets 20 games. Like this guy has no fucking idea what he's doing. Yeah. I don't, it's unbelievable. I, don't I don't, I don't understand it. Um, I don't know. It is what it is, man. I mean, we could, we could talk about all day. One thing I did love about it. And, and, you know, we talk all the time about the shit talking back and forth it wasn't – that's the thing that really gets me is he wasn't being a tough guy like, bitch, hit me again. They were like, it's a breaking pitch. It didn't – like, it's not on purpose. Okay, that's fine. That's why I'm not being a tough guy. I'm just telling you, hey, A pitcher, break your shit, okay? Yeah. Like, 
I'm sorry, but that shit hurts. You can talk. It, it's ridiculous that you can't talk shit without the other bench bench coach talk. And not only that, I know on the on the podcast when, when the Joe Kelly thing happened, we talked about how Michael Brantley said something. Turns out it was actually Dusty Baker who's out John saying yeah. what 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 do you say? Well, get back on the mound. Get, fucker. Up, get back on the mound, little fucker. Yeah, little fucker. Just that's such an old stupid. thing to say too, yeah. by the way. Little, little fucker. fucker. Like, yeah. That that's well, you said it like like I would say it technically if my little my Mexican came out of me, you say little fucker. Not no, like that. Dude, that like, okay. Little fucker. That's not what I was That's like old to. that's like old dude. But I just pictured like, Dusty like <clears throat> sitting on the bench with a toothpick in his mouth, just laying back. Just like not even just get back on the mound, little fucker. Like little just fucker. not giving a fuck. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That guy's yeah, he's he's an old dude. Yeah, dude. Um I was gonna say when did baseball become so goddamn soft? Everyone yeah, is dude. so soft. You know, we were recording earlier when Chris Taylor ran into uh the Padres catcher, not intentional, not anything, and he tries to puff up his chest about it. And I'm seeing these people, we had a little conversation back on Twitter, hold on, saying the, you know, Chris Taylor's clearly trying to injure the catcher. And it's like, do you remember when you could run over the catcher and things were great? I mean, unless you're Buster Posey, (laughs) things were great. Dude, he broke his femur. That's, that's some real shit. Yeah, Um, but it happens. Yeah, no, no, I, I, and I agree. I, I didn't want that, that rule to be changed either, but I mean, it is what it is. I, I feel like it's it's been a long time coming. That was just the straw that broke the camel's back. But what I was doing about – you guys can't get too upset because wasn't it – yeah, it was the Dodgers who got mad at Tatis for when they had a little uh, rundown and they ran into uh, Will Smith. I wasn't mad. Was, yeah, okay. As long as we're on the same page there. <clears throat> okay, yeah. Then yeah, and, you, you have the right to say that. And the thing about it is if you look at most of these plays nowadays – Dude, depending, they're trying to watch the throw, and they're gonna go either left or right if the ball's drawing yeah. up or down the and line. Will Smith was it, in, is blocking the plate, so yeah. And it's such a bang bang play that like no one's trying to injure someone, but it just happens. Yeah. And that's how baseball used to be. So if, just don't be a little pussy about it. God yeah, damn. let's get a little older on our thinking of hey, let's let's not be so sensitive of you know guys running into each other. Let's, let's bring that to the old school, but let's also bring stuff to the new school where you're able to talk shit, okay? It's yeah. ridiculous that they were talking shit, like trying to be tough when he's telling you, hey, break your shit. That should be something to be laughed at. I'm sorry. But, yeah. like, that's that's funny. To be hit by 87 and then to have the comedic mind to be like, bro, break your shit. That's not how you throw a slider. Yeah. Break I mean, it more. Se- like, that's – I don't know, man. At this funny. point, the season's in jeopardy again. Yeah, and just a quick, just to touch on it quickly, I don't know if everyone has seen Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesac have been. I don't. That's your dude too. Those take it a lot for you to say this. I love Mike Clevenger, but man, you're putting the whole season at jeopardy. You and your boy going out for God knows what outside the hotel. You're putting the season at jeopardy. You're putting Carlos Carrasco, your teammate, who is as high risk as they come. You're putting him at jeopardy. I mean, I, I hope they're sincere with their apologies and they really did learn their lesson, but that was just dumb. Yeah. That, that'll get you in the Knucklehead Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, because if you're the one that, like, ripple effect, and, and I mean, bigger picture here, listen, it's 60 days. Everyone wants to play. You know, everyone's saying, like, let, like we want to play, we want to play, we just want to make sure the money's right. 
you got to do this shit. You got to make sure, like, you want MLB to, to, to take care of you guys, make sure the protocols are right. You need to do your part. And I think that they understand that and they're ashamed of it and they're bombed. Um, let's just not do it again, please. If we can. Yes, please. Take example from the West Coast teams, okay? West Coast teams are setting the example. West Nothing's happening when the, it's East Coast and Central now. West Coast is just, we're going to stay corona free. Nothing is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's good. We're 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 happy happy clan here uh, at the Benches Clear podcast. We're going to lift up positivity and just tell Tyler to stop being such a downer and we're just going to be happy, okay? Be happy means you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's me. And we're going to introduce uh, uh someone to to lift our spirits. And now we'd like to welcome into the Benches Cleared podcast, Flying Squirrels broadcaster, the AA affiliate of the San Francisco Giants. And when I hear the word broadcaster, I think this guy better have a silky smooth voice that, you know, can just talk me to sleep. And my guy does not disappoint. Introducing my guy, Trey Wilson. How's it going, my guy? Jesse, Tyler, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, man, really excited to have you here. How does it feel to have your summer free? Yeah, it's super weird. Um, you know, I've been working in and around minor league baseball for this would have been my 10th season in some capacity, um, working through basically the whole summer. So I haven't had a summer since I was like 19 years old. And uh, like a free summer the whole year, just do whatever I want, go to the beach, you know, go to summer concerts and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. this year is the first time I've had one, and it's been awesome to be home. It really, first of all, let me backtrack. It really sucks because I'd rather be <laughs> at the ballpark every yeah. day. Um, yeah, definitely. I'd rather be at the ballpark, and, you know, I miss baseball so much. But trying to keep an eye on, like, the, the positive parts of it and, and uh, keep an eye on the bright side and, and spin it a little bit in my own mind and focus on the things that are good that are coming out of this. I've gotten to spend a lot of time at home, which I never get to do. Uh, see my girlfriend grow a garden, like relearn how to play some guitar stuff. It's been, it's been a lot different. Now it is weird to, I finally have a summer free and there are no summer concerts and there is no <laughs> going to the beach. I mean, a lot of people are, but I'm, I'm not because I'm trying to be a responsible member of society. Cause you're being smart. Okay. <laughs> Cause you're right. not a jackass. He's a smart Perfect. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, but at the same time, like it's, I mean, I haven't been doing long bus rides and all of those stuff that, are kind of the negative. I don't, I'm not complaining, but there's some negative aspects. Some yeah, definitely. Negative aspects of it. I, but I do, I honestly, I do miss it a ton, but just trying to focus on the bright side. Yeah, you got to. I mean, it's, it's, you could be positive with acknowledging what, what's going on and how it sucks. Like I was talking to a coworker about like, dang, dude, these masks suck. And it's not saying, Hey, you shouldn't wear a mask. Just saying, I wish we didn't have to do it. I mean, I don't think anyone wishes that we have to do it, but we got to do it. It is what it is, you know. And, you know, already off the bat, here's my here's my plug. Fuck Aubrey Huff. Wear a mask. <laughs> that was the quickest one we've done yet. Do you think so? I, yeah, I think you, we've done, we've done quicker. Up, you set me up really organically. Did so I? Was I that a volleyball? That. I feel like that oh, wasn't yeah. even that much. I feel like maybe I was hitting it away and you dove. That was I thought might have been a little <laughs> bit of a stress, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, Trey... I know you've been uh, keeping busy with uh, the podcast that you started, the Funville Nine. Uh, what's what's the best and worst part about uh, starting that podcast for you? Yeah, so it was an idea that we had kind of had even before all this was going on. But as it turned into where we looked, we knew we weren't going to have baseball this year, which was pretty much mm -hmm. probably maybe even six weeks before the official announcement came. It was writing was pretty much on the wall. Uh, yeah. 
So we as an organization, as a flying squirrel, has been looking for a lot of different ways that we can stay connected with our community here in Richmond and elsewhere, but definitely here in Richmond. And a little bit of background of the way that our office works. Locally here in Richmond, my job is one of the very few jobs that is mostly baseball-centric. I'm the director of communications. I handle all of our media relations and baseball public relations. I run a lot of our baseball-related social media stuff. We have a separate person who does most of our social media, but a lot of the baseball stuff is coming from my department. And um, a lot of the other people, you know, we have people who do sales and we have people who do marketing and promotions and all that kind of stuff. But my job is the one that's kind of the most baseball centric. So if we're going to do something to connect with people from a baseball sense, the podcast, that's what we came up with to do. So, and that's kind of been our way to not just connect here in Richmond, but all across the country, try and get to some people out there on the West coast and tell the stories of some of these players that, that have come up through Richmond over these last few years. And some have got to the Giants, some haven't. We got to talk to Caleb Berger right before he got added, uh, which was pretty cool. But um, basically, uh, we want to tell the story of all the faces and figures, as many as we can, of the people who are associated with the Flying Squirrels, some front office stories, some baseball stories, some coaches. And uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. I think we're getting a lot better with it every week. Yeah, man, I was, I was listening to that uh... – the Caleb Berger uh, interview, and I guess I—I I mean, it's—it's it's kind of funny because I—I follow minor league system for for a couple of years. There's a bunch of guys that you have on there that, you know, I'm huge fans of Tyler Sear and ones Caleb Berger, and it's funny because I was talking to uh, we did we did an uh, interview with R.J. Uh, Davovich who um, who was just drafted, and I asked him I was like, do you know if it's Bargar or or, or Berger? Like, what do you know? What? And he was like. I don't know, man. I just call him Caleb, so I'm not 100% sure. So you answered one of my questions, and I appreciate that. Yeah, right there on the podcast. So I knew the answer, but I knew that a yeah. lot of people listening didn't. So I wanted to make sure – I wanted him to tell his story of all the different ways that he's had his name mispronounced. So anybody who hasn't listened to the podcast, go look up the Funville 9, listen to Caleb Berger, and he'll tell you exactly how to say it and also – There's all the- a list. There's a whole list of how you can mispronounce <laughs> that. Yeah. Butter to butter to burger, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Um, I mean, because you're you're so close to these guys, right? You spent you get a lot of time with these guys. How does it feel for you, you know, seeing what these guys go through when they go up to go to the big leagues and they crush it? Yeah, you know, not even just with the guys from Richmond over the last year, but a lot of the guys who I've worked with over the last decade or so. Um, I was actually talking with one of my buddies the other day, and we were. Um, he's a younger guy who worked with me a couple of years ago and we were talking about he's starting to see some guys trickling in the big leagues now it's kind of new for him you know he's he had two or three and now he's got like 10 or 12 and yeah um, I think I so I it, it sparked an idea I said I need to go make up a list of the guys who have played for the teams that I've been the broadcaster for or have been on the teams that I've worked with and uh, went and put together a list and it's like about 100 names of these guys who've gone into the big leagues and um, just looking at what these guys went on to do from watching them play baseball where I used to work in, in Bluefield down in the Appalachian League, uh, go all the way up from these small, small town stadiums, some of the stadiums maybe just barely above a high school level type of field and climbing the ladder and going and playing in these major league cathedrals in front of 30,000 people mm-hmm. in a normal time, obviously not right now, but, uh, yeah, it's so cool to see that man. Cause I know how much work they put in and, uh, and how much uncertainty there is because even I've worked with countless first round draft picks who might not ever see the big leagues. 
Um, yeah. And I've worked with 32nd round draft picks who've gone on to have major league success, uh, like Kevin Pillar. Uh, he was on one of the teams that I was that I was working with back in 2011 at Bluefield. And I think he was a 22nd round pick, you know, a guy coming out of a D2 school going on to have some major league success. Yeah. So it, it's cool to see because there's, you, you get to see that relief. I love, my favorite thing is to watch major league debuts. We just got to see one with Caleb yeah. Berger, a guy who was in Richmond last year. Uh, but especially under normal years where they show on TV, you know, they show the shots of the family and stuff at the stadium and, you know, they flown them in from somewhere and there's just so much jubilation and relief and so many different emotions uh, those that's my favorite thing and I have obviously I have nothing to do with it I just sit and observe it from 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 a close distance but it's it's always my favorite thing yeah I, and honestly I even feel the same way when I'm just looking at their stat lines every day like I can only imagine what it's like to like announce them have relationships with the guys you know like yeah imagine you know, being and, the guy yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> I mean in in their story needs to be told man so I feel like stuff that you know Hopefully that we're doing here um, and obviously the stuff that you're doing on your podcast and showing people the, um, you know, these guys' stories before they get up to the big leagues and, you know, it, it's going to be important. It's going to go a long way because there's a lot of, you know, turmoil and a lot of things wrong with the minor leagues and you being in it, what do you think is like the one thing that can really improve the minor leagues? I know we hear a lot about pay. Is it something different or you just need to double down and just keep talking about pay the entire time? I think they're. I think that it's not that bad. Um, the pay is something that needs to be addressed, and we're finally starting to see some progress on that. Yeah. Um, for the players, uh, it's a whole different thing on the front office side. There's so many disparities between different teams, even within a league. And, and um, from a non-player standpoint, people trying to work in baseball, I think that we need to to do a lot more to be more inclusive, to bring more people from different types of backgrounds in because it gets to be a pretty elitist industry because you have to work these unpaid internships and you have to do all these, you have to get this college degree to work in baseball. And I'll tie this back to the players. It, it matches up. Uh, so it's the same thing on the player side. Uh, you've got some of these players who might not have that signing bonus. You know, maybe you get a guy who signed for a thousand dollars or $10,000, which um, doesn't go very far as a signing bonus. And yeah, what you're doing is you're forcing some of these guys out maybe earlier than they would normally have to. You see some guys who who might have a chance if they could stick it out for another couple of years, but they just got to go pay the bills. So if you come from a family where they can help guide you through that process for a few years, and this is the same thing with minor league front office staffers and things like that uh, with some of the teams that don't take as good a care of their, of their employees. Um, if you have a family who can guide you through that, then, then you're set, but a lot of people don't. And what we're doing yeah. from a player standpoint, from a staff standpoint, is we're pushing a lot of these people out who don't have the opportunity because they just can't have their salary covered by their parents for a few years before they get to a place where they're making livable money. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's that's what's really important is, is to still push out, you know, um, in our respected voices to like if you're if you're a fan and you really want to help grow the game um show up to the minor league games man um buy a a food gift card and hook up some of these players that are really struggling that are far away from home well it's just interesting too when you know the perspective of working in baseball is one of my best friends he <clears throat> he went to school at creighton university which is in omaha which is where the college world series is so every summer he would work an unpaid internship 
at the College World Series. He ended up getting a master's in sport or in sports management. And without those unpaid internships, it would have been so much harder for him to break in. He, he still works in sports. But, I mean, if, you're, if you don't have, like you're saying, the money or a family that can kind of front that bill, I mean, you're 10 steps behind the eight ball already, which is insane. Yeah. I mean, because you have people that have the talent and that have the drive, but it's just impossible because you, yeah, you need the opportunity too. Yeah. It's like, it's, you, like that, it's that way in a lot of places in society. Right. But it's, it's very prevalent within the baseball world and especially in the broadcaster side, the guys who do what I do, you know, I don't come from a, a very well privileged family background mm. and that's very rare within our industry. And, um, you know, coming up through, I got lucky. I got a lot of lucky breaks early on. Sometimes you kind of create your own luck, but you don't get to even the level that I'm at, which is not obviously the big leagues uh, without a lot of luck, but, uh, and a lot of work, but at the same time, you know, I had to really, really live well, uh, without for a long time, yeah. really straight by for a few years. And, uh, until I got to where I landed a full-time job, which took like four or five years and, uh, then even in, even at that point, you know, get to where you're making enough money to not have to go paycheck to paycheck. And what that does is we filter out so many people in those early years um, that just can't just can't make it happen, you know. And, and and people will say, you know, people have the freedom to do whatever they want. Nobody's holding a gun to their head and making them work in baseball or for the players tying it back there. Nobody's holding a gun to their head and making them play, um, which is absolutely true. But and I got a lot of things that I could say on things that we're doing that hurt growing the game of baseball. Uh, but if we want the game to be the best that it can be and be something for everybody, then we need to have everybody in it. Right. Uh, yeah. We need to have people yeah. from all different types of backgrounds and not just people who grew up that had some mommy and daddy could help them front the bills. And we shouldn't have to have people living yeah. well below the poverty line just so that they can either play baseball or work in baseball. Um, yeah. So there's a whole lot that needs to, needs to be addressed there but i think the minor leagues the, the major league teams with their minor league players i think we're moving in the right direction with getting them a little bit closer to uh to having more fair compensation for what they do to be able to play the statement you made about it being kind of a an elitist system it begs the question to me how how did you fall into it because it seems like it would be it's just so difficult to secure a broadcast or you know an announcing job a broadcasting job whatever you want to call it and you've done it for years and years now how did you fall into it like what kind of education do you have i mean just for people who want to know because besides your silky smooth voice i mean (laughs) um i don't know how smooth the voice is especially right now Uh, it's pretty deep it's like nice very manilow like yeah (laughs) (laughs) So I, uh, I went to college, originally wanted to work in the music industry, and mm-hmm. I was studying marketing, wanted to do some stuff along those lines. And uh, I was really bad at being a good student and uh, some other stuff. So they, <laughs> they, they kindly asked me not to come back to that school. And um, Of course, we've all been there. It's happened. <laughs> said, yeah. Hey, um, when you know when you show up here, just like stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you know, uh, college, we were paying $30,000 a year or whatever to go there. They're, they're telling you not to come back and keep prolonging this cycle. They're just saying, Hey, it's probably best if you just stay away for yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah, it must be pretty bad. So yeah, they <laughs> want saying, your money. Give me, so, 
keep your 30 grand and go get yourself right. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I uh, spent some time outside of school and uh, went off and worked some, some minimum wage jobs back home, my, my home area down in the Virginia Beach area of Virginia, which is about two hours east of Richmond for all you West Coast people who have no idea what anything over on the side of the country is like. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so went back home to the Virginia Beach area and uh, worked some odd jobs, worked at uh, Sam's Club, which was awful, worked at Kmart, which was way worse than Sam's Club. Kmart! And, uh, <laughs> waited some tables and worked in restaurants and stuff and uh, kind of sparked a fire under me to get my stuff back together. So I ended up long story short, got my stuff back together enough to let the, where the school let me back in. And I went back to the same place and loved that school still do to this day. Bluefield college, which is a small school in Southwestern Virginia out in the Appalachian mountains. Um, and when I went back, I studied journalism. I wanted to be a sports reporter and got into some writing gigs, got some freelance stuff, ended up getting an internship uh, with a NBC affiliate TV station. And one day there was a flyer posted on campus or an email that went out or something like that, where they were looking for somebody to broadcast volleyball match. They were um, launching a broadcast network on campus. And I had played volleyball in high school, um, which I know is common on the West coast, but it's not super common to have boys volleyball on the East coast, but we had really? it I went to school. Yeah. It's not super common. Maybe in Pennsylvania, it's big. And in Virginia beach area down where I was, it is, but mm. people usually think that's a little bit different because I'm like six, five two eighty, So uh, I wasn't playing football. Obviously I wasn't yeah. quite big then, but I was playing <laughs> volleyball, but so I, basically I knew the sports. So I said, I'm going to call, I'm going to see if they'll let me do this. So I did it. Give it a shot. Yeah, I broadcast this volleyball match, and I was awful. It was so bad, but I really enjoyed it. So I kept doing that. I got some more gigs with the college. Eventually, um, the minor league baseball team that we shared a baseball stadium with there in Bluefield, um, they had a new GM come in. They were looking for a new broadcaster, and I went and pestered this guy for this job. Like I would see him at the mall at the Chick-fil-A, and I'd be like, hey, man, you know, I want this gig. And he's like, no, you get out of here, kid. No, go. Um, <laughs> then it got closer to the season and they needed somebody and they settled on me. And uh, so that was after a couple of years of writing prospects with uh, this old Fox sports thing that doesn't exist anymore. Um, started calling games for them. And then eventually I ended up uh, from my relationships that I made with the Blue Jays there, I ended up going to the Lansing Lugnuts, um, which is the low A team for the Blue Jays up in Michigan and then got the got a number two job in Altoona, Pennsylvania. My boss there, halfway through my first year, got a PR job with the Mets. So I got bumped up into his spot. Oh, cool. He's actually he's actually now one of the PR guys for the Giants. So we're we're reunited. We get to talk some because he's in San Francisco, and uh, and then eventually got a chance to come back home to Richmond, and uh, that's where I'm at now. And that's for great, a lot of those huh? first years, you know, it was you know lucky to lucky to bring in. 15 grand a year. So, uh, Jeez. but eventually you get up, you work, it, it weeds people out and eventually you get up to an organization where they take pretty good care of you. So, yeah, man, I, I, I feel like, uh, you're on your way, man. If, if, if you're suffering through all this, I think me and you kind of have a little bit of a connection, right? We got the Kmart thing. We yeah. also got a thing of, uh, uh, announcing volleyball games and I know you did it officially, right? But I went to one of my best friends' volleyball games in high school, and I just basically yelled at what they were doing, <laughs> and the coach wanted us kicked out. We were just pumping up my friend because uh, literally no one was there. 
So I'm not sure if that counts, but I'm going to count it anyways. I don't think any uh, minor league baseball teams are going to be giving you a call anytime soon, Jesse. So no, they're, they're if, that, uh, if that's in your yeah. head, to get it out. It's no, so competitive. Like, yeah. Uh, to pull the curtain back a little bit. And like, so we hire for our, I try to bring in a, a broadcast partner who's going to be with me for a few years, but I keep losing guys because they keep getting other jobs, which is awesome. Mm. I'm so happy for them to do that. Yeah. But every year when this position opens up, uh, which would be the number two broadcaster for wherever I am now in Richmond. But, I mean, it's not unusual for us to get, like, two 250 applicants for these jobs. Oh, wow. And uh, for and a lot of these people have, like, good experience. It's – there are – I mean, think about it. There are only uh, about um, 140-ish minor league broadcast jobs in the country and uh there that's not a lot when you really think about how many people want to do this so i'm super fortunate to have the job that i have and um i've worked really hard to get here but i've also had a lot of people look out for me to get me here and uh and i mean people would never guess how how competitive some of this stuff can be that's crazy i can imagine i i'll scour the uh the dodgers website every february or march when the season's coming up see what's coming out there and I would love to be a member of the grounds crew. I think that's one of the coolest jobs. But for the experience, it's like, you know, preferably uh, previous major league grounds crew experience. And I'm like, man, like how many people, you know, are like s- switching from major league team grounds crew to another one? Like that's just yeah. narrowing the pool way too much. Like just give well, me the a grounds chance world, I can learn. Grounds crew world is a whole nother. Like those guys are wild, man. Grounds guys, those are that, that's a whole different culture over there. And uh, I can imagine, thing, dude. That's I love the grounds guys, crew guys who run always, rugged dudes. They're always my favorite guys. Um, I've done some grounds work like a little bit back in the early days, and but the grounds crew guys are always my favorite guys. You know, they're dirty, they're sweaty, and they're they're always outside. They're nice and tan by the end of the summer. Um, <laughs> See, but it's I, the same thing. Like, I just want to be one of those dirty guys just holding a link in the hose, just smoking a cigarette on the field, just not giving a shit. That could be me. That could be you. They I won't mean, that's... give me the chance. They won't yeah, give me well, the chance. Well, it's the same maybe, thing. Maybe one day, kid. It's real similar to the broadcast side um, where that's such a highly competitive field. Um, you know, you go to school, you get a turf management degree from some prestigious turf school somewhere, and which that's <laughs> a course. thing. And uh, just like that's in really my field. a thing? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. In my Christ. field, in my field, a lot of people go to like Syracuse. That's the big school that like a lot of the people go to, and they have a great program. I'm not knocking them. I didn't mm-hmm. go to a name brand school. Most people have never heard of the school that I went to. Because uh, you got in with your voice, we get it. Yeah. Well, a lot of people have voices a lot better than mine. But ground school world is <laughs> the same thing. Like it's this tight knit world. You kind of got to get in, like do some internships while you're still in college, and then. Right. Um, you work your way up from from there, and uh, hopefully by the time you're 30, you're making enough money to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, I've wasted too much of my life. <laughs> Such a failure. Um, <laughs> now getting back to the game, right? Because that's why we're all here. Um, what oh, yeah. what's like your favorite like unwritten rule? Favorite unwritten rule. Um, my favorite one to mess with is the no hitter rule the broadcaster jinx on the no hitters. Like you don't talk mm, about it. Okay. Now, if yeah. I'm, if I'm on the team, like back when I was playing, I'm not talking about it in the dugout. You know, I don't want to get in the pitcher's head. If he doesn't know he's got it, just let him do his thing. If you're on the field, mm-hmm. you're around the guys. Don't talk about it. 
Yeah. If you have a pitcher who loves to talk about it, then, you know, do whatever. But just your best not to mess with it. But in the booth, um, we ran into a bunch of situations last year where the Flying Squirrels got really close to getting no hit. And uh, mm-hmm. it was a bad year for offense in the Eastern League. I think the Squirrels hit, like, 219 for the season as a team, which was the lowest for any team since the 1972 Elmira Pioneers. Um, Sick name they played drop. The second yeah. half of their season <laughs> – they played the second half of their season, whole season on the road because their stadium got messed up by a flood or something like that. But um, offense was hard to find in the league this year. So we saw a lot of close calls and no hitters. And the Squirrels, because they were the most offensively challenged team in the league for yeah. hits for a lot of the year, um, especially playing in the, the dime in the ballpark that our guys play in, um, there were a lot of close calls where our guys almost got no hit. And um, I loved – like we were playing uh, the squirrels were playing against Erie and this guy was really close to throwing a no hitter. I think he took it into the ninth into the ninth inning. And uh, we had this Jake Eisenberg, my former broadcast partner and I did this bit back and forth in the middle of the inning, just saying no hitter as many times as we could. Like, <laughs> hey, did you know this guy's got a no hitter going and just being as, as obnoxious about it as we could and mm. just breaking that rule and trying to get our, trying to jinx. Yeah, guys exactly. A hit, right. But it got so bad that, like, the guy's mom sent me a whole series of tweets and was like... A bunch oh, of death no. threats. So she sent you a bunch of death threats. <laughs> she was, threats. like, cussing me out on Twitter, called me unprofessional and all that. And, uh, yeah. but, I, I, mean, I want to be fun. on your side, Trey. I, I really do. But honestly, um, I'm not sure if you, you've been keeping up with the games, but Johnny Cueto had a no-hitter oh, going into, in, into the, uh, the sixth inning. And then the this motherfucker inning. right here... Uh, I'm not sure exactly where I have to do. Whatever. This motherfucker right here is texting me, tweeting from our account, no hitter, no hitter, no hitter, no hitter. And then it, it's not working throughout the game because he's texting me and, and tweeting kind of early. And then I'm watching – it's one of the rare times I'm watching in, uh, with my dad. Um, you know, we're, we're sitting down, we're having dinner, we're hanging out. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the fifth inning, you know, break happens. And he goes, holy shit, is there no hits right now? And I got, I've never, I swear to you, I'm, I'm respectful to my father, but I yelled at him like I've never done before. Like I thought I was going to get smacked in the mouth, even though I'm a 30 year, 31 year old man. I said, are you fucking serious right now? Right. Cause I don't think he didn't really, really realize just kind of like he was shocked. And next inning, Hunter Pence loses the ball, you know? So obviously it's my dad's fault. Obviously I'm going to disown him, but it's also partly this guy's fault too. So I know exactly what you're talking about, Trey. Yeah, well, I've never seen a no-hitter in person in my life, whether mm. it's calling college games, uh, you know, playing other than like high school games. But uh, so maybe <clears> there's <throat> something, maybe it is real because I talk about it on the air. And I <laughs> also though, like to get a little bit more on the serious side, if you're, if, if somebody's tuning into one of our games, they got to know what's going on. Like that's the number one thing yeah. that we have to do is to – the entertainment and all the other BS and the nonsense that we're trying to do. The most important thing that we have to do is anybody who's listening or who's watching the simulcast at MILB TV, they need to know what's going on. So if the guy's throwing a no hitter, they need to know like the gravity of this moment. So we have to talk about it. If somebody tunes in in the the sixth inning or they, they, you know, they tune in late, they got to know. So I don't uh, think it's for the, I feel like every no hitter that I've, I've seen broadcasters talk about it. I don't think it's really for the, it's more of like, if you're watching the game, if you're in the sands, you mention it, you're, I'm, you're catching these hands. That's oh, how yeah, I yeah. feel it is. 
you know, I used to love. I that. think I, I think you guys to, are safe. I used to love. Well, anytime I mention it, especially because, like I said, the squirrels got so close to getting no hit several times last Find year. Find a baseball and, mom. Who cares, man? And, I well, I mean, back. not even just not even just baseball mom. But we would get <laughs> fans on Twitter who were saying all kinds of stuff, and uh, like I said, they're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah this but is all your, this is all your fault. It's your fault that my boy gave up a hit in the ninth inning with two outs. No, you're that's sitting bullshit. Way up there in a tiny, un- barely air conditioned room, like. <laughs> 300 feet away from the closest player yeah the, exactly the, alter- the alternative to that is getting like a an espn broadcast that's fucking terrible and they don't yeah. tell you anything that's going on during the game like, or even show the first inning of an opening day game like maybe that that would be a good idea yeah well it's so when you're only first almost bad, a not week, first inning, sorry, my bad. When you're when you're Matt Vasquez or those guys on Sunday Night Baseball, and you're only on once a week, and you've got an audience that's not like a super baseball audience. Unfortunately, when you're a hardcore fan of the team, like Jesse, you are with the Giants, or Tyler, you are with the Dodgers, like mm. those broadcasts. Sorry, they're not for you. They're more like a talk show with the game as a background, and I hate that too. And, I, just, and yeah. that's why I hate just national clip broadcasts. Just John Miller clip on the good. radio broadcast. Yeah, Matty Vito's. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like him. I feel like you can you can as a fan like. Just because it's not like, you know, structured towards you like every other game is, you ha- you know the difference of this guy has no idea what the heck he's talking about. Like for instance, A Rod, right? Like how can someone be so good at baseball but be so bad at commentating on baseball? I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't want to put you in a bad um, spot, Trace. So you don't have to answer this, you know, um, because you know, higher whatever. Um, I just don't understand. It doesn't make sense. Like ESPN. It's just get some guys who know what they're talking about, you know? Like, they'll have, like, Dave – they'll, like, they'll grab someone from, you know, one of the teams to commentate, and that's smart, right? But you can't have the play-by-play guy, you know, not knowing what he's talking about. You want to get Matty V for the play-by-play and have other guys? I think that's fine because Matty V's good. Well, I think we we come from, you know, having Vince Scully our whole lives, having Bob Miller. Now, like, it's – we're spoiled. I yeah. Yeah. I think the Dodgers and Giants broadcasts are pretty good. Oh, they're yeah. so good, both of them. Like, yeah. yeah, and I grew up a fan of the Braves as a kid, so uh, we had the Braves on TBS um, all across the country, obviously. But that was our closest access to baseball. So I had Pete Van Weeren and uh, a lot of those guys, and then now um, into my later years, before I transitioned kind of from fan to on the inside, I guess more, but. Uh, um, Jim Powell, who I think is one of the best uh, that does it on the play-by-play side. They had some really good ones too. Um, so I've been kind of spoiled with some of those too. I kind of know what you're saying, but obviously Tyler with Ben Scully for for almost 70 years. Like I mean, it's hard to top that. But then even <laughs> no, yeah, John, you can't. John Miller, that, John Miller's been one of my favorite broadcasters my whole life. Yeah, John's and, good. Uh, he's he's so great. And now that I work with the Giants affiliate, it's awesome because um, with us being on East Coast time, if we're at home. I have about a 35-ish minute drive home. I don't live in Richmond. I live out in the middle of the country, in the middle of nowhere, um, uh-huh. kind of in the woods. And I've got about a 35-minute drive after games. So if I'm leaving after – we have a 7 o'clock game, and I'm leaving, um, usually it's right in the middle of the Giants game. So I can flip the app on in my truck and pull the Giants game up, and I get to listen to uh, any you – know, Dave Fleming or uh, any – John Miller, any of the great broadcasters the Giants have. And it makes the drive mm-hmm. home awesome. So I've really gotten – a pretty good appreciation for how good the Giants broadcast crew is over the last year and a half or so. Yeah, we're, we're definitely, both of us are, de- are definitely spoiled. Um, I mean, speaking of back back to those uh, those games you're driving home from, do you have any, like, special, maybe funny stories of uh, 
of uh, something that's happened, maybe with one of the Giants uh, affiliate I mean, prospects? No, we will tell some of them on the on the podcast and go a little bit behind the scenes with some of those on, on our podcast, the Funville Nine, like talking about with uh, Jalen Miller, who I know y'all had on a few mm. weeks ago, and Jalen's awesome. But talking mm-hmm. about kind of his um, his chronicles of the cooler dumps over the last season, he was the guy that uh, anytime they'd have the walk-offs, you know, they bring the Gatorade cooler out and they dump yeah. it on everybody. Well, it kept happening where he kept somehow getting uh, – friendly fire hit with the hit with these cooler dumps and it happened real bad. Jacob Hayward hit a walk off grand slam one night and Sean jelly, who's like a giraffe, you know, he's six <laughs> eleven. Yeah. And Janestri Fargus, who's now with the Mets is like five ten, And these two are trying to bring the cooler out together. And they're like half sideways like that. They're trying <laughs> yeah. to get Jacob just cooler. all going out on him. Huh? <laughs> Well, they missed, and they got Jalen, like, direct shot, nailed him. And you can see it on the TV broadcast. We have the videos on our stuff, and he just, like, collapses in, in frustration because he got hit with another cooler dump. So he took over the cooler dumps from there. He was, I'm sick he of was the guy in this. charge. I'm holding it. So he talked on our podcast about um, about the how, you know, he, he kind of took it with, like, a stone-faced, serious approach, but being funny, like, talking about how he, he does, like, early work on getting the coolers ready and uh, practicing how he's going to toss his cooler, uh, his Gatorade bats and all that. So um, that stuff, there's, there are a bunch of stories like that within our, our podcast, uh, not to completely Definitely. plug everybody away from yours and over to ours. <laughs> well, if they're here, they're here. So they're, Those guys they're, are the good storytellers. Like, I'm just the middleman, right? Like, yeah, exactly. I'm just the, I'm just the guy who's That's how we feel as, as baseball creators and, and, you know, the stuff that we're trying to do. You know, we gotta, we're trying to tell them story and, you know, trying to turn baseball into a sport that they can be themselves and, you know, not be so cookie cutter and be more entertaining. That's how you grow the game. If I had been around longer too, like I've only got one year of time working with Giants affiliate. And Mm -hmm. uh, because I last year was my first year with Richmond after having been with a bunch of other teams before that. And even I wish I had a Dodgers guy that I could, bring up uh tim lacastro was he a dodger at one point like he, he was, was one of the teams i was with i mean tim lacastro getting hit with baseballs in the minors and in college i could talk about that but you'll already know it so <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy i think it was was it sb nation that did a story about him about him stealing first because yeah. he gets hit so damn much and he's one of the fastest guys in the major See, league so if you were listening double if you were listening to Bluefield Blue Jays broadcast in 2013 or Lansing Lugnuts broadcast in 2014, you would have been way ahead of that curve. So we had, to, we had a before, before SB Nation. So. I blew it. I saw it. I knew it. Well, is there like a favorite squirrel that you have? All of them are great, man, for the most part. Um, last year, Jalen, who y'all got to know a bit, I mean, he's he's such a character. He's, he's so cool. And uh, – I think that um, Jacob Hayward is is also awesome. I hope the Giants fans get a chance to know him and that he gets to the big leagues. Um, yeah, yeah, he know, got I, a he, he had a little flack because of uh, he got uh, thrown out for a, a third call strike from a robot ump, and he was thrown they, out in people were saying, game, yeah, yeah, they were saying like, oh, he was arguing, and it was like, bro, he wasn't really arguing though. Like, let's be real. It was a quick trigger from the umpire. Yeah, I mean, he was like, law, he was frustrated, and then yeah. Letter of the law is you argue balls and strikes, you're gone. But uh, I think that umpires are supposed to be human for a reason. You should realize, like, okay, he's let him let him say his four words and walk away. But yeah. um, I think that uh, 
Um, y'all Giants fans are getting to see Caleb Berger a little bit now. Um, we had a great interview with him on the podcast, but he was a guy who was uh, who was awesome with us last year. Um, I'm hoping to have Ryan Halstead on at some point soon. Uh, that might not be a name that rings with as much of a bell, although watching him pitch for the last few years, even before I got to Richmond when I was with Altoona, it, it should be because he's got some great stuff, man. Yeah, um, but he's also like for a, a couple years too. He's a great A human being. And uh, I hate to leave anybody else out because there's so many I don't want to like. Yeah. So yeah, no worries, man. But, uh, you know, there's <laughs> – baseball players get a bad rap, I think, uh, especially as time has gone on now. I think that, you know, these guys, especially when they get to our level at double A, because if you're in single A or low A or something like that, rookie ball, you got some kids. You know, they're kids who just signed, got a million and a half bucks in their pocket, and they're heading off to small town, nowhere America. And uh, – and get into a little bit of trouble. But um, most of them aren't that way, especially by the time they get here. Uh, they're more – I mean, our age range on the team last year was Elliot Ramos, 19, and Fernando Abad and Brandon Beachy, 32-33. So yeah, exactly. Double is a little bit different. Definitely, man. We don't really do exactly rapid fire, right? Like, we're, we're – I would like to call them, like, slow pitch <laughs> fire, right? Because we'll yeah. say something, then we'll talk about it a little bit. But we're just going to get straight into it. We're just going to lob some softballs for That's you. Good. I'm yeah, getting, that's good. I'm starting to – I feel like I'm getting old now, like especially with this quarantine, barely leaving the house thing. I'm a little stiff, so I need a little bit more time to recover between these. I'll move like <laughs> Okay, good. All right, so um, favorite high school jam. What were you into in high school? Oh, man. I was all across the board. I'm going to say, though, for – I'll just pick a band from that era. My favorite band from high school, I'll pick two. I'll say Emory, which was a band. It was on Tooth & Nail Records back in the day. And then May, which is like this kind of softer band, but they're from my hometown. Yeah. They, they were nationally big, but they're from my hometown. So I got to give a shout out to the 7-5. This is the first time we've had someone in our age range for these like yeah. music questions. Yeah. So, like, yeah, this is the first by questions. So. Yeah, this is like the first time I'm hearing names that I know. And Dude, I'm so recognize. all over the place, though. Because, like, I went out to college in the mountains, and I got super into bluegrass and, like, some of that stuff. And, like, so today, I'm still listening to a lot of that stuff from back then, but I'm also listening to, like, Billy Strings and Tyler Childers and or even going back to, like, Doc Watson and stuff that nobody has any idea what it is. You're right. I do have <laughs> yeah. no idea what that is. <laughs> and I'm looking apart now. I haven't shaved since quarantine started, since right before spring training when I left to go out to Arizona when I went to Scottsdale. So I feel like I'm kind of looking that part now. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, go to cereal. Uh, Reese's Puffs. Respectable. Respectable. Yeah. Um, NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? I never wait, listened wait, to either one. Wait, what did you just one. say? Hold on, so not, what did you just not say? A big cereal, not a big cereal guy. Um, never have been really. Man, that's like, the we never dumbest really had shit cereal. I've ever heard. Yeah, that's... We never really had cereal. Like, I like a hearty This interview's right? over. I am done. I get, I get up I on Saturday morning. Like I get up on Saturday morning, and I'm cooking bacon, sausage, eggs, grits. Uh, you cook like a human being. That is well, some of us are lazy. Yeah. And shitty people, so we eat cereal. <laughs> <laughs> you make me feel shitty about myself, so I'm mad at you. I didn't say there was anything wrong with it. I just said I don't really feel <laughs> yeah. So I'm also uh, the kind I of felt, guy I felt like your a, judging eyes. I would I would eat like potato chips and Dr. Pepper for breakfast. So <laughs> Okay, that, that makes us feel a little better. I have like the, the dream diet of a nine year old. Yeah. Uh we going backstreet boys or in sync? I never really listened to either one of them. Um I would say um, out of the two, 
even like when they were big, when I was in like elementary school, I wasn't really down that path. But I would say, which one's the one that Justin Timberlake is in? Insane, which is the right answer. Okay, yeah, because I think he's great. Like, I don't really listen to much of his music, but I can I appreciate his talent. So it's like like, very like Zoolander, right? And it's like yeah, you know my favorite my uh, icon Sting. You know, I never listened to his music, but <laughs> you know the fact that he's making it, I respect that. That's good. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Awesome. We going out. Will Ferrell or Mike Myers? Oh man, that's tough. That's tough. Um, Will Ferrell. I'm gonna say Will Ferrell. Um, like high school, that the glory days. I love Wayne's World. Love Mike Myers. I'm not a huge fan of like Austin Powers and some of that, but Wayne's World I think is a classic. But Will Ferrell I think has more stuff that I like. Hands down. And uh, lastly, if you were to hit a, if you could hit a home run or strike out anyone that's uh, in the major leagues right now, who would that be? Uh, Josh Donaldson. Um, strike out Josh Donaldson, huh? Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, I'm sick of his anybody, haircut. I can't. Anybody who ever listened to any of our games when I was with Altoona knows that I was pretty fed up with Josh. I think he's 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 a great guy from everything I hear, and it's not real. Like I really don't have any issue with him. But uh-huh. um, when I was with Altoona, my last year there, we played Akron in the playoffs, and Akron is notorious in this league. It's Cleveland's Double A team. They're okay. notorious for always having big name rehabbers during the minor league playoffs. It's so frustrating. Uh-huh. You see your guys work all year. And uh, and get to that point, and uh, then like they get big league ringers coming down. Well, the Indians like made this weird trade for Josh Donaldson back in 2018. I remember we that. Playing yep. in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and he was fine, but they weren't ready to add him yet, so they just sent him to Akron. And like game one, he hit a homer and a and a go ahead hit, and then we he didn't play game two, I think, or yeah, and we won. And then game three, he had a go ahead hit. And then game four, he dri- drove in a run like the beginning of the of the of the game, and he, we were back at back at our stadium at that point, and he was like taunting our fans and like giving them vulgar signs in the crowd, like to the crowd and stuff. So honestly, come on, everything Josh, I don't, act like you've been there before. I don't know him, and he's probably awesome. I don't have any real problem with him, but I love to play up kind of that uh, that thing. So yeah, exactly. Say, Josh, this if I, I ever it. threw a baseball to him, he would hit it 780 feet. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 like respect, but also like, come on, man. I wanted another Yeah, game. definitely, man. Well, I, I we definitely appreciate you coming on, man, and spending your time with us. Uh, make sure to be listening to, to my guy on the Funville 9 podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Trey Wilson 757 And, man, Hope to have you back on soon, and thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Jesse. You're welcome, sir. Thank you for coming on. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Remember to like and subscribe on YouTube. Also, follow us on Twitter at BenchesClearedP, Instagram, BenchesClearedPodcast, and subscribe to us on any podcasting platform. This episode was brought to you by Renovation Candle Company. The fall collection is out. Use promo code BenchesCleared for 20% off your entire order and get you some nice candles. Get those candles. Cover the ball smell that's in your room with some beautiful fall smells. Almost it's summer smells, but we're going into fall, right? So yes. get, get those fall smells uh, into your room and into your home. Make sure to write reviews to help us grow and rate us. And happiness is for morons. We're all depressed here. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching. We'll see you next week.